Going to Luke chapter 17. And we're going to read verses 5 and 6. We're going to talk about this a little bit. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. Do you know, until today, I have not noticed that statement in that setting. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. No telling how many times I've read it, but it's the first time it's ever jumped off the page at me. People can't get something accomplished, so they say, Lord, increase our faith. It must be a faith problem. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. I want you to notice something. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, and there's, a, there's 50 ideas on this, maybe more than that. Some say it's because the mustard seed was so small, you barely even see it. I have never, that's never been my position on this. I've never believed it that way. I've always believed because it's the fastest. One mustard seed reproduces like 50 million. And if the world ever collapsed and you need to start again, all you need to be one mustard seed and you can take care of the whole world in a matter of time. I believe, I believe not because of its size, but because faith breeds faith. That's why I personally believe the Lord referred to the mustard seed. If you had faith as a grain, he didn't say as the size, in this setting as a grain of mustard seed, you might say under this sycamine, another said sycamore tree. Now watch how he words this. Be thou plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea and it should obey you. I can already feel we're going to see something different tonight. You got that paper? Brother John didn't give you a piece of paper? No, no. Where'd Brother John go? He left and took the paper with him, I guess. We just got a little deal here. It's, it's for later. But I'm going to, uh, I want to just teach probably more than anything and just share an idea and an opinion and something that's opened up to me today, just through this simple thought. This is impossible. You see that? That's kind of smooth, isn't it? Because we could look at anything that we can't control and say this is impossible. But when we get him involved, It becomes impossible. Amen. And I want to just talk about faith for the next little bit. In about a few minutes, this is impossible. Lord, I love you. Thank you for all you've done, all you're going to do. I thank you for this little nugget you've shared with me today, in the last couple of days, and I ask you to just move on us. Let us hear your word, understand it, 
and respond to it. Learn to live by it and trust it and believe it. Every verse, every chapter, every line, every dot and every cross, let us trust your word. We believe in it. We stand on it tonight. We ask you to anoint us as we go deeper into that. I thank you for all you're going to do and for a special anointing. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Now, why don't we praise him like he is the Lord of our life? somebody and say this is impossible find you one more and say this is impossible amen God bless you thank you so much I love you you're the very best and I mean that I'm honored to be your pastor we'll go to Matthew 17 down towards uh, the middle ending of this chapter we're going to read another story concerning faith and when they were come to the multitude there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying now just just go on this journey with me see this with me if you can't see it by reading it close your eyes and imagine what I'm reading I promise you I'm going to read it right to you and when they were come to the multitude there came to him, the him was Jesus, a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him, watch this right here, I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Think about this with me for a moment. Someone comes to Jesus and said, The men that follow you, the men that know you, the men that are ultimately going to leave an account of your life and your time, I brought my son to those powerful men, and they couldn't do anything. So this guy's got to be a little edgy. He's got to be maybe a a little sarcastic or maybe frustrated or aggravated, bothered in some kind of a way because he expected the church of God to be able to deal with this problem. But even the very men that were discipled by Jesus Christ could not settle the issue of this lunatic. Couldn't do it. The church could not do it. So they bypassed the people of the church, and this is what you should do anyway. I mean, you can always have a prayer partner, but you got to go to the God of the church. Amen? Go to the God of the church. If you want to get plugged into power, don't just try to be around the people of the church. Get plugged into the God of the church. Ooh, that was good right there. Now, watch what Jesus says in verse 17. We have to understand now that his disciples are are here. This guy has called them out in front of him and said, Yeah, I brought them to these guys. They can't do anything. And so Jesus responds. He's not responding to the man. Watch what he says. Jesus, then Jesus answered and said, 
Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Now he addresses the man, bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. Notice, the devil departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. This simply means when you read it out, they waited until the man was gone. The crowd had dissipated. They wanted to come to him and have conversation about this. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. That, just, that seems harsh. Think about who he's talking to. They've given up everything. They've walked away from life, and liberty, freedom, left businesses on the shoreline, left family. So it, it seems they would have some belief or they wouldn't even be there. But the Lord rebukes them and says unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, Ye shall say unto this mountain, this mountain, this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, I'm going to probably in some of your minds tread on some thin ice right here, and it's fine, it's okay, we've been there before. And if you, don't, if you don't believe what I'm fixing to teach to you and preach to you, uh, we, we can sure talk about it. But I want to show you what the Lord brought out of this passage to me and, and put on me. And I'm going to just declare, I, I know his voice. I am his sheep. So for me, this is what I get out of this, and I'm expected to share it with you tonight. So are you ready? All right. So here's what he says. He says, Ye shall say unto this mountain. Now, what mountain is he talking about? It's not clear. Does he turn around? Does he point to some mountain? Does he, uh, does he look at a range? I mean, are, are they standing on the edge of a mountain and he points down? You could say to this mountain. What, what is he referring to? They are in a, in a mountainous region. Uh, so, they understand mountains. They understand mountains as something that, uh, that you'd have to climb or go around. And, and when you don't need them, they're always in the way. You know, and so he, he makes this point and he makes it uh, clear. We could say into this mountain that it should be removed. Actually, his quote is, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove and nothing shall be Impossible unto you. Also, remember, I repeated to you three times when I read that the devil departed. That's why I said it three times. The devil departed. He departed. Are you ready? Jesus didn't reach and grab that devil and shake him real good and throw him away. Jesus spoke a word to the devil and the devil recognized that as authority and he follows that authority and had no choice 
but under his own power to leave. Are we good so far? So far we're good. Okay, so here's what he says. He says, tell this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. They would say, this is impossible. But I'm going to present to you that it's him possible. With him, even mountains move. How do they move? Here's where we're going to get fun. The word remove right here, in every dictionary from the Greek language and any other setting that you want to read it, in this New Testament statement right here, the word remove means to pass over from one place to another, to remove, to depart, and to relocate. That's pretty interesting. Because while we watched how he dealt with this devil, he didn't go in some kind of a tussle and, and show him that he was God and he didn't grab a hold of him and, and fling him into outer darkness. He spoke a word of faith. And then he leaned on that word that that word would cause that mountain. What was that mountain? That mountain was that devil in that boy. If you would have had faith, you could have told the mountain to move. Now, when it says to move, to remove, or to relocate, it is implied to us that whatever we speak to will move under its own authority, but by our words. Oh, well, watch this now, because this is going to get crazy good. I think sometimes that we say, well, faith without works is dead. Folks, the prayer is works. Some things, including this one, the Lord told them later, some things come out only by prayer and fasting. He said, henceforth to these guys, he said, there's something else you need to know. There's prayer and fasting that, that's involved with this, which they had done that. They had followed the customs. They had been with the Lord. They understood it. It's why they only had to say it once. But we've got to know something right here, that when we have true faith in God, we don't have to put our hands on everything and move it if we really believe in faith. All right, see, this is good. This is all good. You just, just hang on. I think sometimes we don't understand faith. I think that we want to have faith in some things or for something, but we feel like we have to establish the rules and the parameters to how faith operates. He didn't tell us we get to dictate how faith works. He said to every man, there's given a measure. And he said, if you're going to accomplish anything, you're going to do it through faith and by faith. Nobody's going to be saved without faith because it takes faith just to believe in him. It takes faith to believe we're going to a 1,500 cubic square mile place called heaven that nobody's ever been. That we know. Everybody still good? Now watch this. And we're gonna get we're gonna get right back to this faith deal. And you just, just hold on. 
I think sometimes we've prayed for people, we've believed for things, and we've watched it. And in faith, we believe that we have to see something for it to work when that's the exact opposite of what faith is. Faith comes when we believe it's happening or has happened and we still don't see nothing. So we pray for the sick in faith and then we sit there and wait on them to get well. That's not faith. Then what is faith? That's what I'm fixing to tell you. I believe in that too. I believe in instant healings. I believe we can declare things. I've watched it happen. I, I've watched digital thermometers go do, 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 do. I've watched that happen. I've watched people be healed. I've watched people get up. I watched a blind man be able to see at, at, in, a, in a prayer of faith. I've watched that. So it, it, they can be individual and still true. It's not all exclusive, but I want to try to introduce you to a faith that maybe we have not really given too much thought to. We can't control how God operates our prayers. Once we release them, then they're his. Once we speak in faith, how it's done, is it shouldn't really be our concern. It reminds me of the story that I ask about the paper. I read, I'm, I'm reading this little book right now, and, and one of the chapters in it, uh, is it comes from a fifth and sixth grade class in aerodynamics, and uh, this little this little book talks about this boy named Jeff, and uh, the entire fifth and sixth grade class get together to discuss aerodynamics at the end of the uh, the year or whatever time it was of the year when the grade was coming, and and she or he didn't. Uh, say specifically but the teacher gave a uh, gave a lesson uh, to them on aerodynamics and how things work and how things take uh, air and how how things can can fly and and on and on and, and how you can create something and 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 make it to, uh, you can be its propeller and you can be its energy and they go on and on through all of this and at the end of it she says okay I'm gonna give or he says the teacher says I'm gonna give you all a piece of construction paper eight and a half by eleven and I want you to create me something, an airplane, a flying object, whatever you can come up with that will fly, and someone is going to win this contest by where it lands. And so fifth and sixth grade classes get together, and she says, he says, whoever says, you got 15 minutes. They sit down. They start making paper airplanes like that one, I'm assuming. You got one made? Two? All right. And so that 15 minutes, and they, they began to make their planes, and the teacher kept looking at Jeff, and Jeff was always different. He marched to the beat of a different drum, always had. She knew there would already be an issue. He stood at the window of the classroom for 10 minutes holding his paper and with a fixed face of thinking looking out the window. I know people like that. I are one. <laughs> and so he stands there and he's thinking about it all. And so the teacher realizes, well, you know, either he's going to do this thing in a hurry or he's not going to participate. Something's going to happen. And so at minute 14, she goes and she says, Jeff, you're going to fail this. You're going to fail this if you don't participate. And 
it just increases his resolve to think. And so she says, he says, let me just stick with she. It's easier to keep correcting myself. She says to him, Jeff, I'm going to let you go last because there's a lot of participants. And if, and if you had to go first now, you wouldn't even be started. And so there they go. They began to fly. Some went five foot. Brother Kelsey, just show us what you got. We don't teach our children this. But just show us what you got. Okay. That, that traveled about 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 feet at about a, on a hard left turn. See what the other one will do. Y'all, this is, if, if, we, if we'll pay close attention, we're going to learn something right here. There's a new strategy in town. Here we go. It's all right. It's Wednesday night. We're just being us. All right, so it's fine. Two, four, six, eight, ten. They're all crooked, so you add about four. About 16 feet. So he got about 16 feet of flight, and he didn't have much time to, to come up with anything or any practice. They didn't either. Neither did Jeff. At minute 15, he's standing there looking out the window holding a flat piece of paper. Finally, everybody's thrown. One student went about five or six feet. They all went out beyond arm's length. One went to about 30 feet and landed there. And she says, Jeff, it's your turn now. And he steps up, and he looks, and he looks at the line that he's got to beat. And he says, this is about energy and about seeing who can go the farthest, not who can be the prettiest. And in a toss, that's 38 feet. So I want to just, I just want to use that to tell you, there are people, there's sometimes even the Bible we will get something fixed in our mind that it can only mean one thing. And there's so many ways that God can move through our faith if we will simply act. I want to tell you, we're not all going to be shaped the same. We're not all going to look the same. We're not all going to have the same problems. We're not going to have the same mountains. It's, it's not going to be that way. But I want to tell you that God has given us something that we're not taking advantage of. And I see it more and more as the time comes to a close. And I find out what he's given us in Genesis 1 and 28, 27 through 28. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. What is the Lord saying? Two prior verses to that, it says the same thing. Take control. Take dominion. It's yours. It's under your feet. Whatever you speak of it, whatever you want to do, I want you to have complete authority of this blue planet. Are y'all ready? So when he says you should say to this mountain, be thou removed. 
There's all kinds of mountains. There's mountains of debt. There's mountains of hunger. There's mountains of sickness. There's mountains of anger. There's mountains of jealousy. There's mountains of credit cards. There's, mount, there's all kinds of mountains that we face. And the Lord said, if you just had faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you could speak to this mountain and tell it to remove. Notice what he did not say. He did not say you could remove it. If that's what he would have said, then everybody could get up here on Sunday and said, the Lord said go pay your bills. Well, I got a mountain of debt. The Lord said to tell yourself to be healed. I got a mountain of sickness. The Lord said to tell your family to be in order, and it'll be right now. You'll watch it before you. That was not the faith he was teaching to his disciples. He was saying when you speak faith to the problem, it has a, you have an authority to cause it to do what it must do under your word. So he looks at the sick man and he says, be healed. Something doesn't change. What happens? What should happen from time to time is that no matter what happens when we pray the prayer of faith, we know we left with faith speaking to that object and something has got to change because we have enough faith to speak to that. I want to tell you, if we would learn to pray for things and then walk away from them, speak them done and walk away, the Bible says Things will relocate on their own under our word of faith and commandment. See, we see faith sometimes is only working right now while I speak. And I say it like this. Now, remember why I didn't mention Stetson being sick. It was probably an intentional thing because I put a story in here. Kenzie calls. She says, Daddy, he, he's just crying. He's fussy. We hadn't gone to sleep all night. And White's probably going to have to take a day off work. His, his eyes, he can't, he can't hardly even see. It's a mess. We, we just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I said, baby, do you have a doctor's appointment? Is he okay? Is he running fever? Well, I don't know. And I know what I don't know means. That means you come see him. <laughs> so I got in the car, and I went over there, and I walked in. And I always talk real quiet to him and in his ear. And when I do, it kind of just pacifies him a little bit. I don't know if it's my voice or whatever, but I just say, hey, bud, you but today when I did that, he goes, oh, and he starts crying and grabbing. And I said, but this baby's got an earache. I said, I can tell you right now, something's wrong with this. He's got an earache. You going to get him to a doctor? Yeah, I'm going to get him to a doctor at 245. I said, okay. He's got an earache. He's got strep throat. Something's going on right here. It's happening because when I talk to him, it's hurting him. So I sat there, and I prayed with him, and I loved on him. And I, I, I spoke, and, 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 the, and, the, and the Spirit of the Lord said, just pray over him. Speak a word of healing. I said, Lord, I just want them to get some sleep. I just want them to be able to rest. You know, you know how it is when the kids are sick and you're frustrated. It's a, it's a normal. It's it's a human. It's a, it's part of the human design. When 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 we're, when we're tired and there's things we can't fix, it's like, come on, just just something. And so I began to pray, and she couldn't get him to take no Tylenol, and and so I, I started praying. I started just talking to him, and I said, Hey, buddy. Hey, 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 and he quit crying for a little bit, and he laid down on me, and he looked up, and he opened my mouth, he opened his mouth, and when he did, I took that moment to take that little Tylenol syringe and put it between his teeth and gums and put that right back there in the back where he couldn't spit it out, and he had to swallow it, and 
I said, I got, I got some Tylenol, and she come wandering out of there cross-eyed, you know, just trying not to fall asleep. And, and so that's where my wife's at now, or has been for the last little bit, being grandma, trying to let them sleep. And I had a question when I left. I had a question. And my question was, I had faith that that kid was fixing to quit crying. And it was going to be dried up and everything was going to be fine. And they were going to get some sleep and there wasn't going to be any issue. I was there 20 minutes praying over this child that I prayed and dedicated to the Lord along with the rest of the family. Why am I not seeing a change? I said, Lord, I even remembered Lindsay one time, very sick, 104 point something, 105-ish fever. And I prayed, and, and before I could finish the prayer, I felt her brow begin to cool, and I watched a digital thermometer as it was going up start going down. As I stand here, I witnessed that, and the fever never came back. And I recalled that unto the Lord. And I said, Lord, I've watched this before, and I'm standing on it that you're going to do that again right now. You're going to change this situation. And you know what happened? Nothing. I got in the car a little discouraged, and I said, Lord, I believe you're... Something I just I just believe and and, I, and here I am. Uh, he knows I'm fixing to talk about faith, but I'm I'm needing to see this baby touched right now. And before I got home, my phone rang. It was my sweet wife, and she said, "Right after you left, <laughs> he quit crying, and all three of them are asleep." And it hit me. See, you wanted to put your hands up. You wanted to move that mountain. You wanted to be able to say, I spoke it. It changed. Here it is. And the Lord's saying, I want you to speak it and then leave it alone and let faith do its job. See, too many times we get frustrated or discouraged when things don't seem like they're working out. When the Lord is saying, if you got faith enough to speak to that mountain, I have given you the authority over the landscape of the world. And when you walk away, so will it. Come on. See, too many times we want to pray and we want to see people healed right now. And that's in our nature. We live in a microwave, nanosecond, gigabyte world. And what the terabyte and what the Lord is saying is, no, faith is not what you see happening. Faith is what you believe is happening. And you got to put a word of faith on this mountain and it will take legs and move after you're out of the way. Watch, he said, I'm giving you dominion over everything. You get to name every animal. And then he comes back and said, if you were to speak to this mountain, whether he's talking about the demoniac, whether he's talking about the lunatic, whether he's talking about the blind eye, or whether he's talking about a, a 14,000-foot peak of granite or slate, he said, if you tell it to move, it will relocate. 
know what this lets me know? That when we connect to the things that God made, they understand who has authority. Watch. Help me, help me, help me right here. Somebody said, help me, I don't understand. Well, the Bible said that the sun stood still at the word of a prophet. The waters parted at the faith of a believer. It didn't rain for three years at the word of a prophet. Let me tell you why. Because the Lord in Genesis said, this is the thing that's going to have a soul that lasts forever, and I'm going to give it authority over everything in this world, and I'm going to call it a human being, and it's going to be good. Now, here's the thing. How many of us can believe for something to happen when you walk away and know it didn't? Here's the faith I'm fixing to test this with. So my brother's sick. In Jesus' name, he's healed. That's my faith talking. Now, if he goes to shouting and dancing and says, Pastor, the pain's gone. I'm healed. We're rejoicing over that. That's a right now miracle. That builds all of our faith. But let me give you that other version of faith. In Jesus' name, he's healed. 20 minutes later, I'm still hurting. No, you're healed. Huh? You're healed. We spoke to this mountain and told it by its authority to get up and go find another place. Some of y'all ain't picking up what I'm putting down. But it's about 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning when our faith is still doing the work on the sickness, and the phone call comes and says, I don't know what happened. I was just sitting here drinking milk and having cookies, and all of a sudden, that pain, I'm going to tell you what happened. You spoke life into that thing for it upon its own authority to get up and move from where you have rebuked it. I want to teach to some people and I want to preach to some people for just a few moments that with him it's always possible. It's why he didn't say it's an impossibility. He said, but with him all things are possible. What does it mean? It means that as long as you've got faith, you've got something. See, here's the deal. Some of us have been trained and some of us have been, have been shown to believe that when I pray and when I believe and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost that things happen and they happen right now. But I'm going to tell you, even with our faith, it's still got to work in God's time. We can't jump time. We gotta be right. We gotta be in order. There's still some more, there's still some more miles to go with this situation. But understand, if I just put a little bit of faith to work, this thing has to happen. Anybody hear me? What I'm telling you is faith works long after you quit speaking. Faith works long after prayer meeting's over. 
Faith works long after the altar service. Faith works long after you've already got the paper in the mail that said it is what it's supposed to be. Faith is still at work. And then that's when the Lord comes and says, now you've read the paper that's against you. Do you still have faith? I spoke. Somebody hear me right now. It wasn't by my power. It wasn't by my authority. I spoke rest into that baby's body. I said, Lord, just let him quit crying. Let, it, let him feel good enough to get some rest. Let them make it to the doctor. Now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, i got to start working in a deeper area myself instead of declaring for sleep. Save $122.50 and declare for healing. Somebody needs to hear what I'm preaching right now because sure as I spoke that, faith started rocking that baby to sleep. As sure as I spoke it, faith started putting mom and daddy down for a much-needed nap. Faith was working after I left the house. When the man of God ain't praying, there's still faith. When the choir ain't singing, there's still faith. When nobody's talking in tongues, there's still faith. When he's still coming home drunk every night, there's still faith. This is impossible. Somebody said, I don't see a way out of it. A while ago, you said it's impossible. Now you need to speak it, speak it and say it's impossible because with him, all things are a possibility. Watch this. At the end of this, watch. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain... Remove. That's an action word, giving the mountain the power to make a move. Boy, that hit me today. I said, wait a minute. Let me read that again. Let me see exactly what that means. It don't mean I need dynamite. It don't mean I need a bulldozer. It don't mean I need to get a group of guys together with a rope and a good drill bit. It means I need to tell that mountain. I've got dominion over you. I have authority over you. And when I come back this way, you don't be in my way. Come on, somebody needs to hear me right now. We need to speak to the things that God has given us power over, and that's everything on this blue planet. Well, I've already prayed that. You just keep rejoicing that it is done and it is so. And every time the enemy shows you a reason it's not done, you remind him that he is under your heel. Woo. And we've already got a we've already got a, a a preface, if you will, and a reading into the future where one angel, one. Not all the two-thirds that remain, but one angel will come and bind Satan, Lucifer, that old dragon. One angel, not even God. He will send one individual, single angel, put him in chains, and tell him to shut up for 1,000 years.
That's pretty stout right there. I wonder what the rest of the two-thirds. While God is taking a siesta as though he were sleeping. I already hear you. He don't sleep. I get it. As if he were taking a siesta, he said, would you go settle that for me? What's that? The one that has irritated all of my people for 6,000 years that we know of at least, recorded human history from from the days of Abraham and Moses and, and Noah and Job up until right at the sound of the trumpet, I need you go in there and get that little chain. Yo, if we're going to trust that we really serve a God that's creating an eternal home for us, we need to trust his whole word. Why would he tell us that we have dominion over all things if there's some things he's going to say, now, now, wait a minute now. Can't touch that. Can't mess with that. Can't go there. Can't fix this. This is impossible until we put him first. And then everything becomes impossible. It does not say, I'm done, Sister Beckham. It does not say that anything is possible. It doesn't say that. But it says nothing shall be impossible. Because see, with God, anything is not possible. Namely, he can't lie. Some of y'all thought I'd lost my mind for just a minute, didn't you? He can't lie. He can't be wrong. Watch this. That's why it doesn't say that anything is possible. But rather, nothing shall be impossible with God. Through faith, anything is possible, save God being wrong. So what is your need? I've got some. I've got some needs. I know some people that need the Lord. And we've prayed for these people. And sometimes they don't seem to get any better. They seem to get worse. You know why? Because he never said along with your faith, I give you a scalpel to go and fix them. All I gave you was the word to say, and it is done, and so, amen. Well, they walked away with a limp. Did you tell the mountain to move? Did you believe? He told his disciples, he said, the only reason there's still a lunatic here is because y'all didn't believe. Let me tell you what happened. I can almost ensure you this is what happened. I can't prove it, and you can't disprove it. So I'll just give you an opinion. They got around him like people do sometimes in spirit-filled churches and apostolic churches and Pentecostal churches. And we're going to see this thing change right now, or we're going to shake it out of him. Been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, got the tattoo. Folks, you can't shake the devil out of people. 
you shake a tooth loose. I know of a situation where somebody prayed for somebody and ended up in a lawsuit. It's a fact. I got a call about four or five days after somebody prayed for somebody from somebody else's pastor and said, hey, what do you think we ought to do with this? This girl went to this church and these people prayed over her. And she really needed something. They got carried away and got to shaking her head. Now she needs a chiropractor. How'd that happen? I can tell you how. Because he didn't say, I shake you until your neck goes back into order. He didn't say, I punch you in the stomach until stomach cancer leaves. He didn't say, I kick you a few times till your broke leg straightens out. I understand. That's just painting straw men, but here's what it comes down to. There's nothing more powerful than his word. So when we anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith and walk away, faith to keep saying, you got to be healed. You've got to go. You've been spoken to. These are your orders. You must walk away. you got to go. And the time is coming as we hang on to the Word of God and to faith that unless it's unto death, it's going to change. Some sickness is unto death. Other sickness is unto prayer. Here's what I think. Too many of us have lost our faith. Because we tried to force feed our little baby faith. And the Lord just said, all you got to do is take that thing. And inside where the issue exists, it will begin to grow. And it's the fastest growing thing. And as it's growing, and it's growing 500,000 trees per seed. Are y'all hearing me? You just plant that under the problem. Sickness be healed. Mountain be moved. Lazarus come forth. Here's what I'm wondering on this Wednesday night. There's no masterpiece. There's no cornerstone of ministry. Nothing probably been introduced here already that many of you don't already know. But I'm just going to ask you something. Do you really believe? Do you really believe? That God is going to settle this through your faithful prayer. Now, I'll tell you what we ought to do. If you really believe that, I don't know exactly how God operates, but I do know this that He casts our sins as far as the East is from the West when we truly repent. And Satan gets us to keep reminding God about our sins. And I don't know how God responds, but sometimes I wonder if he says, what are you talking about? He's cast it beyond his own memory. 
So every time we come back and ask again, does it refresh the memory of God? Or does he simply say, whatever it was is gone. I wonder if it's the same way with our prayer. You prayed that prayer in faith. You left faith growing with me. And you keep coming back. When you've already spoken to the mountain. How many of you have things you really need to see done? And you really believe that it is the will of God for your life and for your family and for your finances and for your health, for your future. I'm done right here. Here's what I wonder. If you would speak to that mountain. Oh, my. I feel something right here. You know, I don't believe you got to shout at it. I think that works sometimes. I don't believe you got to scream at it. I believe that works sometimes. I don't believe 10 or 12 people have to be gathered around you praying for one thing for it to happen, although I believe there's power in unity, and we know that. We read it in Scripture. But my question is, do you believe that when you pray, you have given the things under your feet in order, and you really expect it to be different when you come back to it? If there's anybody that just believes, just a mustard seed size and a mustard seed production of what I've attempted to teach and preach here tonight, I wish you'd stand. And with apostolic authority, and with the Spirit of the Almighty God present, I believe as if it were, He'd be standing on the edges of eternity. And this would be His conversation with us now. Say it. Say it. Say it. Sometimes in our carnal thinking, we don't even have the ability to speak things done because our faith will not rise to that level.